0: Hello, and welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast, a production of the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation. My name is Mo Barrett. I'm a leadership speaker and a retired Air Force colonel. This month, March 25th, to be exact, America observes National Medal of Honor Day, and it's a day when we as a nation have an opportunity to collectively and individually pay tribute to the values and the valor of the Medal of Honor and to the fewer than 4,000 military heroes who have received it. What you may not realize is how few Americans have a real awareness of the Medal of Honor and what it means. The National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation is working to change that through the building of a National Medal of Honor Museum in Arlington, Texas, through the establishment of a National Medal of Honor monument in our nation's capital, and through conversations just like this one on our Mission Inspire podcast. That's why I am especially thrilled today to welcome two Medal of Honor recipients to our show. Sergeant Major Matthew Williams and Sergeant Major Thomas Patrick Payne represent the newest generation of recipients, both having received their medals within the last two years. These two are two of just 69 living recipients of the medal and two of just three recipients who are currently still serving on active duty. And you're both in the US Army and we will we will not fault you for that as an Air Force Colonel. I know that's where we came from, Army Air Corps and all that. But with that, Sergeant Major Williams and Sergeant Major Payne, welcome to the Mission Inspire podcast. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you join us today. Do you have any opening words before we start the interrogation?
1: (laughs) No, thanks a lot. It's a pleasure to uh, finally meet you as well, and and just excited to be here and kind of you know share the message of the medal for for the upcoming Medal of Honor, David. But uh, you know, more importantly, talk about the great things coming down the line with the museum and and monument and, and and everything like that. Just kind of solidifying the heritage of the medal and everything it represents. Yes, ma'am, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: No, oh, it's our pleasure, honestly, so thank you. I'm so glad you guys make the time and uh, and thank your respective wives for for uh, cutting you loose and, and and managing that as well. So as mentioned, it hasn't been that long since you both received your medals of honor. So what I wanna do is go back before the White House ceremony, and I wanna know what it was like when you learned that you would actually be receiving the award, what was the call like? How did you feel? Where were you? And then who did you tell first? So you guys can can rochambeau for who goes first.
1: Yeah, will we'll let Pat go since he he probably remembers it better. It was his is more recent. <laughs> yeah, so but anyway, um I received word that
2: I was being recommended for the Distinguished Service Cross. And during the Distinguished Service Cross ceremony, um my chain of command informed me that I've been officially recommended for the Medal of Honor and however, it still had to go through its process, and um, finally, I received the, uh, the call from the president. I was surrounded by my teammates. Um, pretty, pretty awesome moment for us. And um, after that, I gave my wife a call and uh, let her know uh, that it, you know been recommended and uh, from the for the Medal of
1: Honor. Uh, yeah, for me, my story was a little, a little bit different, a little more strange. Um... So in 2008, right after my action, I was actually uh, awarded the, the silver star along with ten of my teammates, actually, um, and kind of went on about my life. Everything just kind of continued as normal, um, and then about ten years later, I, I get a cryptic uh, army email that that says, "Hey, we've been trying to get a hold of you," and it was from the Army G One. Uh, so if unfamiliar with the military, they handle you know human resources, pay, and everything like that. So I just assumed I would owed the army money. Um, <laughs> it's the only reason they'd ever be looking for me. Um, and you know, I, I kindly wrote back and said, "Hey, you know, it was a, a lieutenant colonel." I said, "Ma'am, sorry, I think you have you may have the wrong guy or something." And, and she's like, "No, I sure you, it's the right person. Um, can you give us a call?" And so I did. And and she she asked if she could set up a, a phone call with a higher ranking DOD official. And again, as I mentioned, I was still in the army, so of course I was like, you know, the you know the army can call me whenever whenever they want. Um, and I said, that's absolutely fine. I'm actually heading out for a training exercise. I'm going to be gone for about three weeks. Um, during that time, I was I was gone uh, doing doing some training with my team and everything. And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Ron Schur, um, shot me a text. Uh, he was a teammate of mine, one of my my medic for that actual for that mission. And he texted me and said hey call me back when you can um sadly he, he'd previously been diagnosed with uh lung cancer so i i kind of assumed the worst so kind of broke protocol uh and, and shot him a text said hey man at training what's what can i do for you what's happening and he texted me he said uh he was working at the white house at the time he said president trump called me in the office or brought me in the office and said my sewer sergeant order to the medal of honor and i was shocked um but but also, uh, if anybody deserved it, it, was Ron. He he did amazing that day. The, the things that he did for, for our, the team and our guys was uh, unbelievable. Um anyway, continued our training, didn't think anything of it, was just happy for my friend. And on the way home, I'm, I'm driving from the training site to the airport, and I gave Ron a call and I was like, Hey, you know, tell me everything, what happened? Um and he kind of walked me through the process, and it, it was similar to what I had experienced, you know, cryptic army trying to get a hold of him thing. And I started to kind of question what was going on. Um, right after that, the the same lieutenant colonel called me literally that day, the day I she knew I got out of training, and said, "Hey, we want to schedule this phone call for Friday, which was the following day, you know, three p.m. or whatever it was." And you know, is that fine? I said, "Yes, ma'am, that's fine." Um, and then kind of just in the back of my head, just kind of wondering what's going on. Um, I get home and I'm, I'm waiting for the phone call. The phone rings again that morning. Hey, are you ready for this phone call at like three o'clock? Whatever time was. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll am i be fine. I can answer the phone. Um, <laughs> you know, so time comes around and I get in my truck uh, so I can hear better. And it's just, you know, it's this important phone call I've been waiting on for for a while now and uh, phone rings. And it's literally like the movies, a, a, a lady comes on the phone and says, please hold for the president. Oh, uh, wow yeah and i immediately i just kind of like oh okay uh and i text my wife who is i could see her she's in the garage working out and i text her and i said hey get in the truck um and she thinks i'm messing with her you know or something so she just kind of blows me off and all the (laughs) while president trump comes on the line and i text her again get in the truck and uh the president comes on and discusses the medal and talks about it and, and how great it is and everything and and said that my award had been upgraded to the medal of honor and I was speechless um you know my wife finally got in at the very tail end of the of the conversation and heard president trump you know say he's excited to see us at the white house and, and can't wait to meet the family and and she kind of looked at me and asked what, what had happened um and she had known about ron's upgrade so she was like he really called to say you know the team's coming to the white house and that he's excited to see everybody and i was like no no no. i was like my my award got upgraded as well and wow. she was the first one that uh, kind of broke into tears and was super you know emotional excited about it and that's really when it kind of sunk in that this is uh you know a life changing event that that not many people have the honor of wearing, but, but something I'm proud to be a part of every day.
0: That's fantastic. And you guys are both great spokesmen for it too. And I know we'll get into that here in a little bit, but I, I just love the fact that the the POTUS or our commander in chief is now classified as a higher ranking DOD official. So
1: uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I did okay. I found that to be an interesting term. I was like, okay, I I probably could have gone about a different way, but that's what they do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, when you get to make the call and set up, but that's fantastic. Yeah. Hold for the president. Uh, okay. Uh, I'd be checking to make sure it wasn't April Fool's Day, but that that is phenomenal for both of you. And that that's just fantastic. So my next question is how have your lives changed since becoming a Medal of Honor recipient? Like what has changed? What hasn't changed? And you mentioned your wife. So I'm curious, do Allison and Kate do like, do they still make you do chores around the house or, you know, is that, has that changed or, you know, like how is life different now?
2: Man, for me, I, you know, let the metal be a part of my life. I'm not going to let it change who I am. Um, you know, my wife, my teammates, they, they keep me humble. You know, they make me take out the trash. We're still policing up the brass on the range, you know, after, you know, shooting event, you know, they, it, they go do a great job of keeping me grounded. And so I'm surrounded by, you know, not only some, you know, some amazing, you know, teammates, but also um, my family's there for me as well.
1: Yeah, I, same same thing. You know, I, in our community, special operations community specifically, you know, we're surrounded by some of the best people on earth, and and you know, we're we're just fortunate to have been recognized for things that guys are doing every single day. Um, and if there's nothing else, special operations guys will do it'll, it'll keep you grounded. They they ensure that our our humility remains in place. Um, you know, we don't get to step out of line or anything like that. Um, you know, but but how has it kind of changed? The, the the biggest thing that's kind of happened since is is if we just had the opportunity to kind of be spokesman, um, you know, for the medal itself, what the values of the medal of honor are. Um, And then, and then aside from that is, Hey, the guys we work with every single day, um, those that didn't get to come home to their families, those that have done, you know, gone far, far above and beyond for, for our country. um, We have the distinct honor and privilege to, to get to remember those folks every single time we have an opportunity.
2: And I think you have the opportunity to influence beyond your chain of command. And what I've said before, um, I don't consider myself a recipient, I consider myself a guardian. This um, We're guardians of the American way of life. However, the, I think the Air Force, um, the Space Force stole that line. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, but it's it's just truly an honor to be able to serve. And I think one of the, all the timers kind of described it, it's like, congratulations, you just re-enlisted in the Army for the rest of your life. Um, oh, wow,
0: but, yeah. yeah.
2: It's truly an honor, and it, it gives you a purpose uh, to continue, to continue serving.
0: That's a good point. I I, be, I believe Guardians of the Galaxy is still available, though, if uh, Marvel Comics say. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> but, true. Well, that's awesome. I just want to make sure that people who are trying to get out of chores and thinking they that you know that they're better than that that we have two middle of recipients who are still picking up brass and still have to take out the trash. So you know, if if you guys can't get away with all that stuff, then uh, there's no hope for us. So that's good to know. Um, you you know you mentioned about re for the rest of your lives. And a lot of Medal of Honor recipients have received their awards years ago, or maybe even decades ago. And it was after they completed their military service. But for the two of you, you're among the three that are still on active duty and you're both still on active duty. Why was that important to you? And then you know, kind of along the lines of picking up brass on the range, do people treat you differently when you got back to work? And do you feel like you're held to a different standard or that people are watching you differently or more intently?
2: we have the honor and privilege of, you know, living up to the Ranger Creed every single day. Now we just have the honor and privilege of, you know, living up to the Medal of Honor every single day. And it does a better, you know, try to hold each other accountable, um, you know, in the team room and then outside of the team room atmosphere. And, you know, also, like I said before, our families are there for us to support us through this.
1: Yeah, no, that, you know, that's exactly right. We're, we're extremely fortunate. And, and like I said, the. communities that we're a part of you know make sure that we stay humble but uh you know both i think both of us our our main goal um with continuing to serve was exactly that just continuing to serve you know we both chose this kind of line of work and chose this this lifestyle um because something we firmly believe in um and and for specifically for me that's that's exactly why why i did it and that's why i continue to do it and i'll i will continue to do it until i really can't anymore you know at this point now it's I've kind of moved on in my career a little bit and and got a little bit of rank. So I have the distinct opportunity of kind of looking out for the younger guys and and making sure that we bring them up the the correct way as well. And that's kind of, that's why I continue to serve and and go to work every day. You kind of look back at those, you know, great mentors that I've had in my career. Now
2: we have the honor and privilege of, you know, doing that, you know, just being those mentors for those um, junior NCOs and, you know, soldiers underneath us.
0: That's good. The the mentorship thing, I think, is uh, the fact that you guys, I think we all have an opportunity to mentor, but that the fact that you take that responsibility uh, with a little more gravitas, I I think that's fantastic. And I'm glad to hear that. So I'm not going to ask how old you are, but I I suspect that you are two of the younger living Medal of Honor recipients. Um, My question would be, how do you think your experience as a Medal of Honor guardian differs from those who receive the award at a, a, a more experienced life age or people who have worn the decades for years now. So what are those conversations like when you guys get together and what are the differences or the parallels that you see?
1: Uh, you know, the biggest thing honestly is uh, it's a, an amazing opportunity to kind of meet, meet our heroes. Um, you know, these guys that have had their, their medals for, for a long time at this point, um, are guys that we're taught about in basic training that we look up to that we read about um, you know, so it's it's an awesome opportunity to be part of a a society a membership of a a fraternity if you will that of of amazing human beings and and then we get to kind of sit in in the room with these guys and and take away life lessons and you know how to represent the medal uh effectively i I remember at my ceremony um one of the older recipients came in in the back room before the president came in um, and kind of told me you know similar to past story it kind of told me what it was like to have the medal and and what to look for and what to do and, and how to represent it and that that you know conversation stuck with me ever since and it, it's kind of really makes me think about you know what i do and the opportunities that i'm given um when, when i put this medal on um you know that conversation comes to the forefront and helps guide that that uh yes ma'am actually um so kyle carpenter
2: and i are from the same small town in um in South Carolina. So a little town called Leesville, South Carolina. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to see that you know, able to represent not only, you know, South Carolina, but the United States military. Um, you know, Kyle's a, you know, I think he is the youngest recipient. Yes. So Kyle is the youngest <laughs> recipient. Um, yes, ma'am.
0: That's fantastic though. That's great. You guys, yeah, representing South Carolina very well. <laughs> so and and you've talked about this a little bit and um Sergeant Major Williams, I want to pass on my condolences for uh, Ron Shores uh, passing last year. Um, But he said something. He said this award is not mine. He was also a Medal of Honor recipient for the same battle in um, uh, you guys were in the Shock Valley in Afghanistan. Um, And he said this award is not mine. This award wouldn't exist without the team. If they weren't doing their job, I wouldn't have been able to do my job. And Sergeant Major Payne, you said the same thing about you're not a Medal of Honor recipient, you're a Medal of Honor guardian. And it seems like each Medal of Honor recipient that I've had the honor of meeting or speaking to always says that the medal is not about them, but it's a tribute and a reminder of those with whom they've served. So why is that such a universal truth amongst the people who have earned this, this decoration?
2: I kind of go back and you know look at the Ouija hostage rescue raid and you think about the Army values. Uh, it was our duty to liberate those hostages and give them the second chance at life in the pursuit of happiness. And every single man, um, every single service member that night was engaged
1: in their own unique problem set to liberate those hostages. Yeah, uh, you know, you can't you can't do these things and, and be recognized for these things by yourself. Um, like I said, by the, the mission I was on originally, as you mentioned, Ron was on there as well. Um, you know, it was came out with 10 Silver Stars and uh, Air Force Cross, um, which just goes to show the, the the capability of, of you know, the men and women that serve our country every day, um, what they're able to do and go above and beyond. And, and at, all that is due to the people that we serve with. Um, you know, whenever, when the worst thing ever could happen on a mission, the bottom line is you have your team. Um, you know, we all serve our country. We all join the, mil- the, the armed forces to serve our country and, and make America a better place. Uh, but when it comes down to it, we're, we're really there for the, for the guys and in, in gals and in the left and right of us. And that's what we do. It, that's why we do it. Um, without them, you know, we're really nothing. Um, and so as a team, we're an you know, extremely effective and, and, you know, lethal organization, um, you know, that can preserve our way of life. Uh, if we, we try to go it alone, you know, we'll never be successful.
0: No, it's really well put. And I, I've always heard that people don't, I mean, yes, we we sign up to defend our country and defend our constitution, um, but that it is the, those people, your your foxhole buddies and your battle buddies, um, that's who you're fighting for. And that's really what motivates you and things. At this moment in our country with everything going on, why is sharing and living the values of the Medal of Honor so important to you both? And these are the values of courage, sacrifice, patriotism, citizenship, integrity, and commitment.
2: Yeah, I think it's it, it, you know, talk about commitment, it's a commitment to, you know, one, live up to the army values and live up to the values of, of the medal um, every single day. And, um, it, it, sometimes it can be a, it can be a challenge, but luckily you have your teammates and you have your family there to, you know, guide you on the right path.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great point. And, and you know, all those values are extraordinarily important. Um, I think for the kind of the times that we're in today, um, you know, obviously, patriotism is important. Citizenship is extremely important and all that. But the one that kind of stands out to me right now uh, a lot is commitment. Um, you know, I think that we're in a position where where we really need to kind of focus on commitment a little bit more be committed to one another, uh, be committed to, you know, the life that that we want here uh, as a United States, you know, a life of prosperity and and think about all the guys, the men and women that have gone before us and committed their lives and committed everything they've had. Uh, For us to be here and do the things that we love to do Um, you know that that one for me just really kind of resonates for for the time. It's also you know commitment
2: um, like I said before to live in the army values, and you think about selfless service. Um, You think about master josh wheeler and his actions that day. It was really the epitome of selfless service. He put the hostages lives uh, above his own.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you kind of touched on this, that you guys are living these values every day and the Medal of Honor means something to you every single second of every day. Um, but we, as we think about Medal of Honor Day, specifically on March 25th, what is the significance of that particular day to you personally? And then what do you think the significance of the March 25th, that day, should be to the country as a whole?
1: Uh, well, aside from, from now, uh, forever being a reminder of my wife's birthday, which is the following day, uh, which is good, um you know i think it's a great opportunity to kind of rally around something um something that you know i I think it's hard to argue no matter what you you know your situation that the medal of honor and what it represents aren't something worth kind of getting behind um and i think that's why that day is extraordinarily important and i think that's why you know the the undertakings of the museum and the monument are extraordinarily important as well you know a place to kind of put everything aside and, and learn kind of about you know, learn the stories of the of the people that have made our country great is is awesome. Um, I, I think it's extremely you know, it's, it's a great cause, something that we should all all get behind. And it. it's it's like I said, it's easy to kind of rally around something like that. I think um, yeah, I think Matt nailed it. It also gives you
2: opportunity to you know look at the stories and you know draw inspiration from those stories. I kind of look back at you know one of my favorite Medal of Honor um, you know stories is the one of Tibor Rubin and. Getting the chance to you know reflect on you know his actions and it's truly a remarkable story and um, just have the opportunity to you know share that day with other recipients and then also with the country
0: that's fantastic and you don't have any problem memorizing allison's birthday
2: yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that uh, you know we'll, uh,
0: we'll also in a secure location <laughs> Awesome. Well, you guys kind of touched on this about the stories, Um, and for our listeners, I just want to get them up to date on what's going on with the National Medal of Honor Museum Foundation, working to build a National Medal of Honor Museum right there in Arlington, Texas. And we've also introduced legislation in the past month in uh, both the U.S. House and Senate to establish a National Medal of Honor monument in Washington, D.C. So what do you gentlemen think about there being a place where everybody from all over America and even different countries can go to learn about the medal and those values that it represents. And why is something like that important? And and what kind of, of what part of your story do you hope that the museum highlights? A lot of questions in there.
1: <laughs> you know, like I said, I, I think the museum um is is an amazing cause, an amazing opportunity to to build something um that's that can bring people together. Um, you know, not only the stories of of the recipients that have, you know, the past that you know literally span the the life of our whole entire nation. Uh, you know, they it's you know something that that we've had a part of us forever. Um, you know, people can go there, kind of learn about it, but it's also about learning values. Um you really can't talk about the stories of these, you know, brave men and women um without thinking through about what they went through and, and why they've done it. Some, you know, just like you've asked us. Um, and that's why tying in the the values along with it are extraordinarily important. Um, you know, I think living by a system are based on values uh, you know makes makes people better and makes people have something kind of to to live for and i think that's great and i think the museum is going to be that place um you know with and the the learning annex that's part of the deal is is also an opportunity there to kind of really help develop the youth um and and hope that we can keep america great yeah i'll just leave it uh one just inspiration you have the opportunity to be inspired
2: and um hopefully um you know, the stories of previous Medal of Honor recipients uh, gives that opportunity to inspire, um, you know, other generations.
0: Yeah, you guys are definitely inspiring. That is for sure. All right, so here's a, my last question for you before we wrap up: Is what is something that you never or rarely get asked that you wish someone would ask?
2: I'll go ahead oh, that, that, that's a tough question
0: <laughs> well, make sure you come off mute when you answer this though
2: <laughs> yeah, that's uh i'm gonna have to think about
1: that one that's a uh, yeah that's a tough question yeah I, it really I i've never really thought about it you know i mean i I'll, I'll be frank with the, the the even being in a position to to be asked questions is new to me so. <laughs> um yeah i don't know i think if I was going to say, what's something I wish that that people would ask me? Um, you know, we always get asked the, the same, you know, about, you know, how, what was it like to no, get notified and what's it like to do this or that? Um, you know, I think the one question that I, and I don't even really know how to put it as a question, but something that I, I hope I have the opportunity to say in, in every interview that I do um, is how important it is to to realize that we are just one of the, the few. Um, that have actually been recognized for the things that people who serve do every single day um, there's men and women deployed around the world right now doing amazingly heroic things. Um, you know, and may or may not get the recognition that that they deserve um, and, and that's that's kind of our burden, um, if you will, to to ensure that we represent them um, to the highest degree. Um, I don't know how you pose that as a question, but it's just something that I really I really feel strongly about making sure I, I get get out there. Yeah, go go to you think about selfless service you know um you know our
2: heroes are from our generation are buried in a um, majority of them buried in uh, section 60 in in arlington so when you have that opportunity go pay go take a trip down there and you know pay your respect to you know, the fallen of our generation and a lot of them have um, some remarkable stories
1: yeah i think i think you just i think you just hit the the question on the head and i think it said it'd be where do you go to visit your heroes and i think that would be
0: yeah.
1: that'd be the place to do it you know
0: perfect yep i'm a, i'm a dc tour guide sometimes so i uh, i take the middle schoolers and uh, get them to section 60 because that's more you know there th- that's something within their lifespan that they understand and and to take take them to those so that that's that's well put so recognizing the unrecognized and representing the unrecognized uh, so, thank you for letting me uh, throw that curveball at you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I, also want, I also want to highlight a couple of quotes that um, I know are on your Medal of Honor um, on the Army.mil page, but I think they're just great quotes from both of you. Um, Sergeant Major uh, Williams you said remain level-headed and focus on what needs to happen as opposed to what's happening. Um, And that's something you dealt with in the, in the moment, but I think that's just great advice for life. And I believe someone also said your heart rate never gets above 50. Uh, So kudos on that. That's just some great, great heart health. And then uh, Sergeant Major (laughs) Payne. No, I don't think that's it at all. (laughs) It means you're so efficient, it's perfect. And then Sergeant Major Payne, um, the one thing I love, the quote I loved about yours is that when you're able to control your fear, that's the bridge to personal courage and personal courage is contagious on the battlefield. And I think uh, the commitment that you guys have, and you guys are fantastic spokesmen of everything that the Medal of Honor represents, everything that our country represents, um, everything that the Army represents, and I'll even say this the military writ large, since it was the Army Air Corps at one point. Um, uh, before I conclude, I'll just give you guys, if you have any parting shots, um, but I, I do want to say just thank you so much before we wrap it up. But do you guys have any closing comments?
1: I just thank you so much. Thanks for your time, and we appreciate it. Yep. I'd like echo that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, and I appreciate what you're doing to kind of help get the word out, um, you know, and, and really kind of speaking about the museum and, and speaking with our, you know, some of the urban nations heroes and, and, you know, it's a great cause and extremely important.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I want to thank you both so much. I really appreciate you being on this podcast Thank you for your service and your sacrifice on behalf of our country and in defense of our freedoms. It has been an honor to talk to you both. As we continue our work to build the National Medal of Honor Museum in Arlington, Texas and the National Medal of Honor Monument in Washington, DC, your stories will be important parts of the medals story. So to learn more about the National Medal of Honor Museum, please visit www.mohmuseum.org. And as we mark National Medal of Honor Day on March 25th, we urge everyone to take a moment at 3.25 p.m., wherever you are, for a moment of honor to reflect on the Medal of Honor, its values, and its recipients. I hope everyone will join us next time on the Mission Inspire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.